What's up, guys? It's Rooster Grooves. I'm Jesse. Sitting across from me is Jay Purcell, as always, the founder of Signal Radio. How are you doing, Jay? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. Hyped to be here. We're talking about the XX. The XX. Or is it just XX? No, it's the X. I did research for XXX. <laughs> oh. There yeah. wasn't a lot of music. Just a lot of different websites that you were A lot of websites. Such and such dot XXX. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the, but you did res- research the right band in the end. I think so. Sometimes <laughs> we have trouble finding the same band, but yeah. not this week. Yeah, we're talking about the XX indie rock band from Wandsworth, London. Mm-hmm. It's a trio, mm-hmm. three peeps in the band, started in like 2005. Yeah, coming onto the scene, didn't release their first album until 2009. Yeah, um, it's it's distinct and minimalist. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, really kind of stark dynamics yeah really soft and chill yeah um but like that first song they got a little rock energy yeah um but it's very um i don't what are your thoughts on the style of music uh brooding moody Mm -hmm. atmospheric Mm yeah minimal uh they they have a lot of great stripped back music with a lot of great melodies Mm -hmm. and sort of like yeah indie ish kind of Mm -hmm. riffs but mixed in with like the electronica, which is crazy. It's, totally. It's, I think, yeah, it's probably the best way to describe them, but they're very unique sound. I don't think there's anyone that really captures that same mm-hmm. vibe. There's like lots of similar-ish groups, but there's, yeah, they've really somehow nailed this really unique sound, which I think is what people praise and hail them for, like, you know, especially coming out of the gate with the debut album. Yeah. Couldn't um, have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the features of them is the dual vocals between yeah. the, the there's a woman vocal and a male vocal and they often just switch back and forth almost on every song yeah doing a lot of kind of duet type things so we got Romy Madley is the female singer right cool yeah and she plays guitar as well Oliver Sim also on vocals and he plays bass mm-hmm. and then we got Jamie XX um, who is on production electronics MPC MPC all that stuff yeah um, they did actually start out with a, another member who was on the first album as well, mm-hmm. Baria Qureshi, who played keyboards and guitar, but she left them during the first tour and release of the first album. And uh, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later, but it has this weird vibe to me, that situation, because it, it doesn't really sound uh, mutual <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. from the things I got. <laughs> I mean, they've officially said some things that sound made it sound mutual, but I don't know. They're just being polite. Yeah, I'm getting a bit of a vibe off of that. Okay. I don't know, but I don't know. I we'll, could, we'll get into yeah, it a little yeah. bit. Uh, but yeah, but mood, moody, soulful indie rock. Yeah. So yeah. these guys are pretty cool. They got like four albums out total. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's play another track. Yeah. I guess, I, and, and yeah, what else What else we got? Um, well, let's do this track VCR, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah. The XX <gasps> on Signal on Roots to Grooves from their debut album XX. Yeah. The XX is who we're talking about tonight out of London, UK, three piece. 
um yeah yeah i think uh yeah like you said vcr i think that was yeah. one of the first songs they recorded at yeah. least at least for that album mm-hmm. yeah um so you know a little fun fact a little fun fact so yeah. let's dive into the the early life of these guys where'd they come from yeah who were they um the early stuff that i know real quick yeah is that rami and oliver knew each other as far back as being two years old right playing in the sandbox yeah yeah that's crazy meeting in the sand pit so they've been together their whole life sound yeah pretty much not together they're friends i believe they're not dating or anything like that yeah yeah um but platonically they've been together for yeah more or less their whole life which is pretty cool and that's crazy so they must have gone to like elementary school together like well actually they met uh they called it like play school or kindergarten right right um i I heard a word it was a nursery or no that's where they met jamie maybe uh no i think they met jamie later on in uh high school the Elliot school okay um, yeah um and I think uh Jamie met Oliver first it was kind of like he described it as a um uh, I don't know if you do this over here but like when you kind of visit the school to audit it to see if it's somewhere you want to go and the parents come along and you meet all the teachers and stuff like that yeah I remember stuff like that I think yeah and so Jamie like saw Oliver there at that time and saw that he was doing artwork and he did some really cool drawing or something and he just said yeah Jamie just said like this guy seems like a really cool guy so nice. <laughs> he just got you know that instinctual things like these are good people I want to get along and go well with this guy kind of yeah. thing so yeah just very natural yeah very organic yeah I guess it seems like uh based on their interviews what I was reading they they all kind of were friends but like Jamie and Oliver were friends on their own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rami and Jamie were friends on their own. Yeah. And then they would all hang out together as well. Yeah. As they're kind of, you know, just jumping around through their adolescence years. Yeah. Um, I know like Rami and Jamie, I think their thing was like skating around London. Yeah. Like skateboards. And listening to, watching a lot of like skater videos. You yeah, know? yeah, a lot totally. Of, a lot of people made videos back then and set like Porter's head and... Mazzy Star as the soundtrack kind of mm-hmm. thing, and they were sort of into that. That was a good little era, I think. Yeah, of I remember back in the day. That's how yeah. a lot of some of that uh, Rage Against the Machine, like that yeah. little bit hip hop rock stuff. Yeah, and, you know, good stuff on those videos, man. I, and yeah, they're not that, always official, right? I think sometimes they just someone slaps them together or something. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a whole yeah. scene in itself. I still see people around seattle filming on like old like vhs cameras yeah like, skateboarding and stuff <laughs> yeah it's it's very cool I, yeah. it's a whole like the skateboarding scene is the, the the music industry and the skateboarding scene meet in the middle yeah with with, with where the music and video collide right because yeah, yeah. skaters are always trying to make videos of them skating and doing mm-hmm. tricks and stuff yeah and then musicians are always trying to get their music out there yeah yeah um and everybody loves vibes yeah when a good music goes with good video yeah, yeah. everybody loves it definitely and so all yeah. these things these cool creative things meet in the middle from skateboarding yeah, videography yeah. music production yeah and so you know a lot of skaters have gotten involved in this kind of creation thing so it's kind of cool yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. very casual and there's just like a lot of kids doing that yeah uh still today yeah it's amazing it's still still a thing yeah People like to do oh it's cool though but yeah <laughs> it's fun yeah make a video with your friends doing some some silly tricks right yeah. wear your helmets kids yeah <laughs> that's all i got to say um yeah and so yeah the elliot school a school in putney in london they mm. all went there i think it's a high school um apparently a lot of crazy famous people went to the same school at different times not at the same time as the xx uh 
uh, members of Hot Chip. Okay. Uh, Fortet, the guy that is Fortet. Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Um, P- Peter Green, founder of Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Wow. Um, and Burial. I don't know if you know Burial, but he's like sort of dark electronic music producer. Very not familiar. Uh, mysterious. He never does any interviews. I think there's like maybe two photos of him out there in the world or something like oh, that. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's cool. But and I think they the XX set have sort of downplayed the influence of the school on them musically, basically saying they had no impact on them doing their thing. Do you think um, it did? I don't think it did, no. I, okay. Well, I mean, other than the fact of them meet, all meeting there and, right. and going through their teenage years whilst being there. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think like the teachers or the fact that these various musical luminaries went there really had an impact. It doesn't seem, that's what they've said. Coincidental. Yeah. It's coincidental, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I think it was like, they just started making music really early on, right? Like on eight tracks, like in their living room, mostly like, Romy and Oliver, right? Um, yeah. So they, they were just getting yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, kind of part of the skate scene and they got into the music thing and like, let's try to make some music. Yeah. Uh, I think they started doing some cover yeah. music, yeah, some yeah. cover songs. I think they did a Wham cover. Yeah. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I think okay. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the good ones. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so like kind of more fun yeah. songs. Like they weren't taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like let's make the XX music. Yeah, so they, they were just like, let's have fun. Let's make some. Let's do some cover songs of stuff that we really jive with. Yeah, yeah. And they did, and they had a great time. Yeah. Um, and and through that experience, they started creating their own music. Yeah, is yeah. that about right? That's what I get. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh also. yeah, yeah. But it was another yeah. group that they did covers for of um, Pixies as well. Another nice group. classic. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's always a really good way I think to learn music, and I think you could do mm-hmm. that at any age really, even right. Like now when you like feel like you're done it for a few years, maybe it's cool to just try and recreate a track. Yeah. I actually saw Polyphia. We did this a long time ago. I don't know if I mentioned it on the episode, but the the main guy from Polyphia has this YouTube channel. Uh, Tim. Yeah. And he's like make recreating songs and, but kind of showing you he's doing the whole tutorial thing as well. And he really said that was like really valuable for him, a learning arrangement and, writing and yeah. how different textures can do different things and you learn techniques i think as well from doing that right yeah you i think know. that's yeah, yeah. very valuable yeah, yeah i used to i remember recording some like incubus songs oh yeah like mm. like just trying to match the production as close as i could oh cool yeah. and just like yeah. you said yeah. it's just very it's a fantastic learning opportunity definitely that anybody yeah. can do yeah, it's yeah. really fun and kind of a challenge yeah you, a lot, lot to learn yeah, yeah so cool so i guess they, they're making some music mm-hmm um, and then they start, they get some music done and they start posting it on MySpace. Yeah, they were just like, let's just start on MySpace and let's put up, it out. Upload kind of demo quality stuff. Yeah, for right. things. And I think it was, a, yeah, original stuff, right? That they, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there was, it was getting uploaded out into the world. And I think mm. Oliver still has that stuff, he said, but he said yeah. oh, he'll never release it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, so I've seen like a lot of different interviews with them throughout the years. Uh, early on, they were very shy and, quiet and awkward mm-hmm. um i think that interview that you referenced that we saw them in they're probably at their most comfortable now um you know more, more recently because they've been doing press and pr for a long time and ha- i think they've even said it themselves we've had to talk we have had to like intellectualize our <laughs> music to explain <laughs> it to people in interviews um but the the funny thing is is about mm-hmm. how because they were like teenagers when they 
did all this stuff and yeah. even the first album like really really young yeah like 16 17 years old yeah and and you know now i think what they're like 20s <clears throat> mid 20s late 20s uh, i mean um, i think when they released their album they were i mean like their later teens or maybe early 20s yeah yeah and now they're like late 20s 30s yeah so like yeah they can go back and listen to like the album and kind of see the, the t they feel the teenagerness of it kind of thing. yeah like in their yeah. voice yeah like, that sounds like they're so young yeah right saying that about themselves yeah yeah which is yeah i mean i don't know i've a lot of my early stuff is hard to uh, uh find now because it was like on cassettes and cds and that yeah so i'm not able to really all go back but when i have yeah it's it's not it's like different quality like obviously the shit i did was not released and didn't win a mercury music prize but yeah. <laughs> if it had i don't maybe know i've been like weird weirded out by that maybe but, you just uh, got to release it then you will win <laughs> yeah. in the archive retro stuff but i do hear like the but i hear the fun fun vibes in it i remember recording certain things of in like a lo-fi way and mm -hmm. just how fun it was kind of thing not taking it too seriously uh, right which is a cool thing but Anyway, digression. These guys, uh, the XX, they're like pretty serious sounding though in the early songs, right? I don't know. Like, right. What? Well, yeah. And you know, we heard uh, two songs by them on this podcast so far. Yeah. And you hear that minimalist, and you hear the vocals, and I think that one of the things they were thinking about when they were trying to create music was like they they developed this minimal kind of attitude of production. Mm. Uh, because they didn't know they didn't want to create a big production where their voices couldn't back it up yeah you know like they, they, they knew they had these feelings and they were just trying to like express their emotions as teenagers yeah. and they wanted to show that and put it out just for themselves mm -hmm. when they're making this music yeah um but they <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean uh i think so i, I I'll say this first and then backtrack a little bit. <laughs> okay. But um, they were saying kind of like the stripped backness of, of this is by kind of by necessity rather than by design. That, that's what like, I was trying to say, yeah. Yeah, because they said they wanted, yeah, like you said, there were like two things going on. One is they, you know, they didn't want to create music that would like overpower their vocal abilities or right. the naturalness of what they were doing. So that's like one side of it. The other side of it is they wanted to create music that they could play live and reproduce, you know, uh, between four of them at the time because right. they started playing before. Uh, but yeah, if they like did too much shit on it, like with too many layers, like, yeah, that might have been a good recording, but it wouldn't have been able to recreate it live. Without, right. You know, so yeah, it was by design, but it also created this uh, sonic sort of palette aesthetic or whatever right which is like yeah minimal sounding right simple and to the point kind of thing um and that's kind of like yeah sort of how it came about and i think the backtracking thing i wanted to say is because actually like jamie i don't think was really part of the early days of making music with them um, that's right like he came he knew them all he hung out with them but actually it was their label they eventually got the attention of beggars banquet i think the beggars group label who owns uh, young turks yeah and uh they it was them that suggested getting jamie xx involved which is weird to me <laughs> it's like because i think he was doing his own thing on the side he was like has always been a 
bedroom producer. Right, he was making beats and stuff. Yeah, and doing stuff with different people. And the the label kind of knew of him as well. And they were like, why don't you work together? And they were like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> but at the same time, so he kind of joined the group, started working with them, but they did have like other producers. I think there was a guy or a girl called Rodida McDonald. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how to say your name better than you, but you yeah. he, he, sorry, by the or way. Or he, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I didn't know that from looking at the name, but uh, <laughs> I just saw that, yeah, Scottish producer. Uh, I think he was still involved like throughout throughout it, but Jamie kind of like um, wanted to take a little bit more of a producer role within this music. Right. And, Before he yeah. took that role, they asked him to be the drummer. Right. As I understand, right? Like, we need a drummer. Oh, yeah. That's Can right. you do that? Like, live drums. That's true. Yeah. So they're already doing shows, actually. Yeah. At that uh, point. I think the uh, three of them with Barrio, the, the former right. member. Yeah. And then they asked him, and he said no. Cause yeah. He said he declined <laughs> he it. He said he wasn't good enough. And he said <laughs> he also didn't think it wouldn't fit, like, what they were doing. Right. Thing, right. Which is cool. That's, you know, stand by, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of a, shyness anxiety there as well but also stand by like oh this is sounding good i don't want to i don't want to mess with the mess formula exactly working. yeah yeah right yeah but when he came board in like a production sense i think he made this track uh nighttime which came out on the album and he said he made that track to prove to everyone the band members the label that he could like produce yeah like you know stuff like, and they, they all loved it and yeah <laughs> yeah so they you know it yeah. went on the album it was good yeah yeah. he said yeah he just worked really hard on that like put a lot of effort into it yeah to prove himself yeah which he did yeah so cool and uh yeah and i think they just so they recorded all of this in uh beggars group the young turks the label they had their own like small recording studio in a gar converted garage mm -hmm. in their offices in london and uh they they think they did all of it there pretty much like the final production mm -hmm. everything we hear um apparently it almost didn't happen because uh this the studio is kind of weird where it said they had a little window like in the control room that like looks from the office so like oh it, they, they yeah. call it like a little goldfish hole yeah they called it like window. a goldfish window yeah so you could see the people working in the office and they could see you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is a bit weird but uh, Jamie apparently was like working in there really late at night, finishing up some production things. And, you know, he looks through the window and he's like, he saw like someone with a mask and he was like, wow. Like, like a ski mask. Yeah. And he was like, he like rubbed his eyes like, it's pretty, pretty late here. I'm a little bit out of it. Maybe I'm just like hallucinating. He, like now. real quick, he said he'd been working from like 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Right. And this was at like four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. He's yeah. delirious, been just working on the... Yeah. The music production. Yeah. And apparently, I think, I don't know if he went out into the office or, but he basically went out, I think he went out there and then it was three people robbing uh, the office and they were all like holding computers, like wearing ski classic. masks. It's like a, <laughs> a sitcom scene or something. Yeah. They're like, everyone stopped looking at each other. Yeah. And apparently they saw him and they just left. They fled. They ran away. With whatever they would, they had managed to grab at that point. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. No confrontation <laughs> happened there. He basically went back into the control room, barricaded himself in there and called the cops kind of thing. Yeah. But they kind of say he kind of saved the album because if he hadn't have been there working on this, they probably would have come in and stole like the hard drives in the studio and then... And that was the album. And yeah, and I guess they didn't back it up like, <laughs> yeah. on a, another drive or externally at that point. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lesson I need to learn now from 
from this. I am, I'm, I'm Dropbox all the way. If you can figure out, or it doesn't have to be Dropbox, it could be one of the other ones out there, but. Well, but I, we're sponsored by Dropbox, so yeah. use Dropbox. <laughs> in the cloud. Yeah. Keep it in the cloud. Everything has a cloud now. Because my computers always break as well. It's like, okay, I can switch the computer out and still access my shit. Planned obsolescence. Yeah. Everything's have, got, everything's got a cloud and everything's got a password. Yeah. Fingerprint iris scan. Everything's gate kept. Yeah. <laughs> by these companies. By the gatekeepers. But yeah, the gatekeepers of the yeah. world. Uh, but yeah, the XX. So yeah. we're talking about the 2009 album XX. Yeah. Their debut. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, did I, I don't mean to cut off the story. We we're about at the oh, end. No, that was right? it. Yeah. He saved the album. Uh, they finished it. They released it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, now yeah. we're here. Yeah. So the XX. I mean, well, this one, it's just called XX. No, the. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, <laughs> 2009. And this was a really great album. Mm-hmm. This is what turned me on to XX. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to this in like 2010. Mm-hmm. I was just like getting done with high school. Mm-hmm. And it was it was good. Like I remember that that first song we played at the top of the podcast is very good. Yeah. I still mess with that song. Yeah, yeah. It's just a good jam, very minimal, but I love the guitar and melodies. Yeah. But this album was very good. Com- mm-hmm. Commercial and critical success. Uh, hit number three on UK albums chart. Mm-hmm. They did win the Mercury Prize yeah. in 2010. Um, it was ranked first on Guardian on the Guardian's. It's a magazine, right? Uh, Periodical paper. The Guardian, okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, and second for NME's Best of the Year lists. Right. Yeah. So good stuff all the way around. Yeah. They just kind of hit a home run, and they created this sound that a lot of people around the world vibed with. Yeah. Um, and th- that propelled them to greater success. Yeah, and a lot of hard work, a lot of shows, a lot of touring uh, throughout this. I think they were, they'd were they already been touring for like a year when they won the Mercury Music Prize. And mm-hmm. I think it was like towards the end of their tour. So they weren't, so they weren't really able to celebrate it or realize the reality of that mm-hmm. until they like finished their tour. Right. And then they were like, wow, we, we did all that. That was dope. <laughs> like two, three years of their life. <laughs> um, but during that first tour, before they finished it, Barrio left the group. Um, I think the official reason at the time was exhaustion. Um and uh she left at like a i think like before they were supposed to do a show maybe not the day of but like a few days before or Ooh. something like that and so uh jamie had to like figure out how to fill in the blank spaces of uh the sound kind of thing and they sort of praised his ability then to be kind of like multi-dexterous and switch between like live percussion the mpc some keyboards and that to like figure it out kind of thing he always describes it as like he just got by. Like he doesn't even really understand how he managed to <laughs> finish the tour. He, like, he seems know. like a talented guy who's just being humble. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what it seems it, like. He knows yeah. how to do his stuff. Yeah. It's cool. But, I mean, that, that's good on him for being humble because yeah. we're all still students of our devices and instruments. Yeah, yeah. Still a lot to learn as you go, yeah. no matter how old you are or how wise yeah. or experienced. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, the reason I sort of got the vibe from that, because it didn't seem like it was mutual, I don't know. Ibaria apparently is still working on music. Like, she has an Instagram out there, and I checked that out, and she's mm-hmm. got some posts of her, like, working in uh, her, like, home studio set up kind of stuff. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what she's doing and yeah, coming man. out with. Um, but they've all, the rest of the members, you know, have always said, you know, she was an integral part to that first album and mm-hmm. part of the whole experience and sound. And, you know, that's kind of 
should always be a part of it sort of thing. Right. And she actually shared recently, I think it was an anniversary of that album, maybe 10 years or something like that, I'm going to say. Not okay. And she put up a post saying how proud she was of that album kind of thing so good for her i mean yeah, i don't know yeah. i don't know more than you do about the yeah. inner workings of that split no yeah but it's it's kind of sad yeah just for the story the narrative yeah in general as yeah. an outside perspective it's just like yeah it's hard it's hard to see a relationship break up yeah it could be like you know the direction of the band as well i don't know like other groups like massive attack have notoriously always had this infighting and people have left because they disagree with the the direction of the music and the mm. image and stuff like that and yeah i mean there's so many things it's hard to keep a band together a group together yeah if you're an, all have different sort of expectations or perceptions and it's a lot going on yeah exactly. it's, it's the reason why yeah. it's very cool to appreciate this these bands who do these cool albums yeah because they get it done and it's not easy yeah definitely it's yeah. easy to take all this stuff for granted like do i like that album nah it's trash right like do i like that one it's all right whatever but like yeah. these people are working very hard yeah and forming real relationships and bonds with people in the real world yeah and it's, it's yeah. difficult work yeah, yeah so it's impressive definitely that's all i got to say on my little soapbox <laughs> so yeah um so they move on they're touring a lot yeah koreshi left the group mm -hmm. um da 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 where are we going? Let's go to, I mean... So, I mean, I think they tried to take a bit of a break, right, after the first album. There release. were a little... They wanted a break. Awards, touring, critical acclaim, acclaim from the people, the folks. Out on the, I mean, they headlined their own tour, like, on you know, <clears throat> as part of all of this. Um, and so, yeah, I think Oliver said, like, you know, he thought he was going to take more of a break when he got back, but it didn't take him long, again, to start writing material because he realised... This is his passion. This is what he loves to do. Um, and he couldn't go to that that much longer without it, you know. I think it's probably disorientating though, to be on the tour and have not really have your own personal day-to-day uh, -day routine, you know, and then to suddenly be back home after all that and be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the, the corner shop and buy some groceries and yeah, have a coffee and I don't walk know, through the park what's happening oh, yeah i'm not not getting on a tour bus tomorrow i'm not yeah. going from city to city like <laughs> feed the ducks <laughs> feed the ducks yeah um but yeah i mean and it's funny actually because like their writing style I, I don't know if they've changed it up i think they might have started to change it up a little bit now mm -hmm. but they said they never wrote lyrics together um or music together in general they would always like individually work on ideas and then share it with each other okay um and, and specifically with the lyrics like Romy and Oliver don't ever talk about like the content or the meaning of each other's work um they it's because they I think the way they sort of write is they're writing from sort of observations or how they would react to you know something that they've seen happen from, from their personal perspective yeah so it's like not always stuff that they've lived through or gone through but stuff that there is that as well but it's also stuff that they see you know happening and be like how would i react to that if i was in that situation mm -hmm. kind of thing living vicariously i think through writing these lyrics right um and and the other thing about this as well is they said they never want to explain what their lyrics are about because and i think romy put this very well in an interview she said that uh like because when fans come up to her and say like 
oh, you know, this song's really a lot. It meant this to me kind of thing. She's like, that's great. You know, she, she wants the music to mean something different to everyone mm -hmm. rather than applying a feeling for it, meaning to it and, you know. Just shove it down our throats. Exactly. How, how am I supposed <laughs> to feel? <laughs> yeah, because she said it's like a gift. It's like, and I think we've heard other artists talk about this. Like when you write it and release it into the world, it's a gift now. The, the meaning of that can be in the eye of the beholder mm -hmm. kind of versus like, so that's why they don't like to try and explain anything about lyrics. They keep it very personal, yeah, to, to themselves as well. They don't really discuss it in the group either. That's like, cool. You know, so. I mean, personal is a good word to describe the, their band vibe in general. Yeah. Like their music sounds personal, mm -hmm. like just the music, yeah. all of it in general. Yeah. And then their lyrics are personal. That's all yeah, I had to say. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so they kind of took a little break, but then they got the momentum started kicking back up Yeah. to the point where they re did another album. Mm -hmm. um, and that album was called Coexist. Coexist. 2012. Yeah. So not too much time in between, but this one also got very positive reviews. Yeah. It hit number one on the UK chart mm -hmm. and number five on Billboard 200. Wow. Yeah. So, again, they hit a home run. I don't think yeah. it, it has the 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 same impact that the first record did, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, it, but when you yeah. do a record like that first yeah. one that resonates that much, it's really hard to recreate it again. Yeah. yeah. Some bands never even get the chance to have that one album. Right. But these yeah. guys did. And then they, they have more multiple albums after that. Yeah. I don't know if any of the albums match the level of that debut, mm -hmm. but they're very good. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Um, do you have anything on that album? Not particularly, but we have a track. Should We're going to we... play angles. Yeah. Well, is or angels. Angels. My bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. Angels from the XX's second album, Coexist, here on Roots to Grooves. Um, yeah, the only thing I know about that album is they uh, created a whole music studio specifically just to make this album. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was like uh, it was in some place in London, kind of a building like this, different offices rooms, and they said it was kind of like a photography studio, um, and they. Uh, just went in there, moved, moved all their gear in. They put like big, like I think black or red velvet curtains around the space to like, not just darken it, but like absorb the sound kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and yeah, they said it was really important for them to be able to like create like a space unlike the first place that was in a garage in a record in the, you know, label. They didn't have people coming and going that they didn't know and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, they could keep it very sort of private and work on the music themselves. And I think they they said they spent a long time just only working between the three of them and not even sharing it to their managers or mm. label until they felt that they were ready. Um, nice. so that's, yeah, that's one thing I think they talk about a lot is like they never want to put out anything that they don't really love. Right. Know? So there's no point in like even 
playing it to their manager or anyone if they're not digging it themselves yeah. kind of thing. So I yeah. like that style. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have that big machinery going around you and the big success that you've just had. You don't want to like share something you're not into with like the label and then be like, that's great. That's going to be the first single. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, yeah. wait a minute. No, I don't even like that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, good album. Yeah. Um, I wanted to type a few loose ends of the conversation we were having because yeah. um, I had a couple notes down here. Um, you were how, how you were talking about how they keep it very personal um, and they want to keep it universal though. Yeah. So that everyone can think about their music and take what they want from it and feel what they want from it yeah. and extrapolate their own kind of ideas. Um, and so they, they would stay away from even using pronouns in their lyrics, mm, okay. which I thought was cool. So no, yeah. he, she, right. Yeah. Yeah. They, them like even, um, but more specifically a keys and she's, I feel like, yeah. Cause they don't even want it to be like gendered. Right. So they're like, they, they, I'm just reiterating what you already said, how they yeah. put a lot of effort into making it yeah. consciously universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's cool. Mm. Um, and then I want to harken back to when they were teens. I have a quote when I think they were, they were all around 14 or 15 years old. And I think, uh, uh, who was it? Sim? Mm. I think she, she was, she was, saying i don't know jamie well the quote is about jamie i'm sorry everybody okay. i don't know how to organize my <laughs> thoughts uh, but jamie said he said i'm at, I'm at peace with the fact that i'm not going to make it that i'm not going to make big waves in the world mm. and he's like no no it's fine it's fine i'm at peace with it mm. um so i just think he's obviously very talented but he was coming mm. coming in with this humble energy yeah i don't know why yeah almost a, like a little bit too much humble energy jamie oh that's yeah yeah Although he did um, have that moment of wanting to prove himself within the band. You know, so he knew he track. could do it. He yeah. had the belief in himself. Yeah. So I'm proud of him for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to throw that little um, little colorful flourish yeah. to wrap up what we were talking about. I think it's good that he's not someone that's just like going around like, yeah, I'm like the dopest producer you've ever right. seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he's, yeah. And he's done some really cool solo stuff, Jamie XX. Uh there's like some really crazy music videos out there as well for some of his tracks. Really, really beautifully over the top high production value as well, which just adds to the the whole thing um, of their stuff. But yeah, I mean, he's a solid producer. And I think he even produced uh, a few tracks for Oliver's debut solo album because that's kind oh, of yeah. what they've been doing. Well, um, yeah, that leads us yeah. right into that. In yeah. 2015, yeah. Smith's solo debut album came out yeah uh called in color yeah i didn't really listen to it i have not i've maybe heard a few tracks a long time ago but uh i'm sure it's good yeah um and i think he did work with other people as well but and they were asked the question is it weird like you know you're in the xx but now you're doing this track you know jamie you're producing this track for oliver and he's he did say yeah there is a little bit of not weirdness but like purposefully trying to do a little bit of a different approach than he would normally do um because it's not an xx project it's you know something different yeah so, opportunity to do something a little differently yeah and i think he was just kind of like thinking about more the fact that it's his solo album how can i support that musically and react off of what he's doing rather mm -hmm. than being like here are 20 beats which one do you like or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing <laughs> here's you know? how much each one costs <laughs> exactly yeah. 
if you want the exclusive right or do you want yeah, like, other, publishing um, rights? 30 other people to be releasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I already sold it five times. Exactly. Just this morning. I've heard that a lot as well, actually. I think there's some big, there's been some big controversies that have come up out of that in like the hip hop world where I think there was like one producer that sold his track to some pretty big artist and then he'd forgot that he'd like sent it to another big artist that uh -oh. also did something to it. And then he was like, oh shit. I'm in trouble. I think they both came out and then there was controversy and it was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't make exactly, that beat. Exactly. <laughs> But he was, that's the thing though, like as a producer in certain things like in the hip hop world, yeah, I mean, if you don't react fast enough to like, you know, getting a track, obtaining the rights or whatever, then, you know, if you like it as a producer, you're going to just sit on it? Like, I don't well, think so. We, yeah. What, yeah. we were talking about another artist and he was saying how like if, if you don't use the idea that you have right now, somebody else is going to use the idea. Right. I can't remember if it was like Michael Jackson or David Bowie or... Mm. Some some artist or an artist that we talked about on a podcast okay. feature, yeah, you know, but like you get an idea, like a spark, mm. and you're like, I think it was Michael Jackson. Like okay. talking about something, like you come up with an idea in the middle of the night, yeah, yeah, and he's like, let's go to the studio right now, right, yeah, you know, let's go right now. I need to make this track right now, yeah, because if I don't, I think it was Michael Jackson because he was saying like, if I don't make this track tonight in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. Prince is gonna make it, <laughs> like it's gonna have the same kind of idea, or yeah. Something. <laughs> Like, and, yeah. and some things work like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I think humans are channeling crazy energy yeah. from the ether that we don't understand different dimensions and stuff. Yeah. It's a theory. It's a theory. Yeah, man. I don't know what's going on. I just saw some pictures from the James Webb telescope today of the pillars of creation. I saw those too. Oh, I was like, okay, all right. I don't know what's going on in the world. <laughs> you see images like that. Yeah. Hundreds of light, I, thousands of light, millions of light years away. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. In, in yeah. Unfathomable. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. James yeah. Webb. Love it. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, these kind of years, yeah. a couple of years around 2015, uh, I, I saw that the band drifted a little bit and didn't see each other too much. Mm. Uh, um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Sim, Oliver Sim. Yeah. He got sober. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he got sober. Mm -hmm. um, Croft got engaged to her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, may, I guess maybe they're married now. Mm. I don't know though. Mm -hmm. But I guess that kind of caused some family bereavements. Uh, what, within her family? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Like I think because it's like a gay thing and they're like, mm. no, we don't like that. No. So it just caused some like turmoil. Right. As far right. as I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just just commenting just for context and stuff. Yeah. And then that's when, yeah, Smith launched his solo album and that, that came out around that time as well. Right. So they're keeping busy. They're doing right. stuff, did some life stuff. Yeah. Uh, they came back in 2017 with a new album, I See You. Mm -hmm. uh, that one debuted to critical acclaim, mm. peaked at number one in the UK, number two on billboards again. Mm. Yeah. So good stuff. Um, I don't think we have a track to play off that one. We're from I See You. Do we? We do. We have a track. Oh, let's play that bad boy then. On hold. All right. Oh, this is a good track. I don't blame you. We got carried away. I can't hold on to an empty space. Oh, 
on hold from the XX from their most recent album, I See You, 2017, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can tell the evolution. Yeah, right. In their sound, yeah. It just sounds pumped up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like, what would you say? A, almost a little bit more poppy. Um, yeah. I don't want to, not with a bad connotation, you know, with a good connotation. Yeah. It still has the minimalist attitude. Yeah. You know, it's still very minimal and chill yeah. and like kind of calm and intimate sounding. Yeah. But this one has like a little bit of trappy kind of hi-hats. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the sampled vocals. Yeah. 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 Which I, I was trying to listen to it. I was trying to figure out if it came from somewhere else or whether like, there was one of them and they just smashed it up. But yeah. it sounds like it's from something else that was sampled or something like that. That's yeah. my guess, yeah. but I can't yeah. tell either. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let us know if you guys got that info. I would love to know that fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think the other thing to say, and probably like why the sort of, there was a continuation of sound really a little bit. And it is because I think that, you know, uh, um, Romy and Oliver write together. Like they write separately, but when they get together, they're just on vocals and guitar and bass, mm. like, which is really interesting. So they're actually like running through these songs, ideas that they have with no drums or anything, just guitar and bass. Like, and I think that's what has, like, because then they'll present that to Jamie and then he'll um, kind of weave in some production ideas around that, you know. Um, which I, so I think like, pretty much i haven't listened to every single the xx song but more often than not there's this guitar and bass in there mm -hmm. and then right. like the electronic production technique of jamie's kind of thing yeah so um yeah that's yeah because usually it's like two songwriters writing on acoustic guitars together like john lennon and paul mccartney right seems it's, it's unusual to be like someone's on bass and mm -hmm. someone's on guitar like doing that i think but sure but it, it works for them and that's cool because yeah. you know bass is more it's a percussive instrument actually it's like more of a mm -hmm. it's a rhythm right that's what it's yeah described as. so he's 100 yeah, yeah yeah very good so yeah. i mean i like that track and there's other good stuff on that, that album as well yeah so props to them yeah uh and let's real quick i want to play a track that we had loaded up oh yeah uh, intro right real quick just a little little snippet a little snip because i right. think almost everybody listening to this 100 percent if you have tiktok you oh. you will recognize this. Okay. All right. Is this a big TikToker thing now yeah. at the moment? It's just one of the trending songs on TikTok. Is it recently yeah. or? Like... Uh, yeah, in the last year or so. Yeah. I haven't heard it as much. I think it's past its prime. Yeah. But it had a huge moment. Yeah. It was just on every video. Um, Interesting. You know, whatever. I don't know. Videos explaining different things. Yeah. A million different things. People use it on all uh, kinds of videos. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but for me, um, I don't know. I discovered that a little while ago. Yeah. And I, I just put it together. I was like, that's the XX. And that was on their original debut album. Right. And it just surprised me. I didn't know that. It's a bit of an iconic track. I think they also like use it for like doing promos for like mm -hmm. movies or TV show trailers yeah. and stuff. And like it that. is an so, instrumental yeah. track. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it serves really well for that. Yeah. Even though they just released it 
as a right as music on their album on their debut album first track right yeah (laughs) yeah intro literally the first thing that anybody heard from them yeah listening to the xx yeah came out over 10 years ago yeah and now it's even getting blown up on a modern app that wasn't around when they debuted their album that's like the funny thing that happened recently with like that kate bush song uh, that was oh. used on Stranger Things. Yeah, that's Running right. Up that hill. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because like, you know, everyone's like discovering it like it's brand new. And then you've got all of these like Kate Bush fans in the corner. Like they're all like 40 years old. And I was like, <laughs> we liked this in the 80s. It's been like, good. It's been good. We invented that. You don't know about Kate Bush. Yeah. <laughs> it's all these kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, so, but it's cool yeah. that it does get a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. And that like people get to experience something there's a lot of music that we'll never get to experience like that, that we'll never even hear because it just, it's underground now. It got, yeah. It's buried. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, you know, there are there all the hits that have come out throughout the years uh, that are still played today, mm-hmm. karaoke, radio stations, whatever. But then within those periods, you've got music that is not played at all anymore. Yeah. Unless you're going out and seeking it out yourself like that's right. the weird thing about like vinyl digging a little bit as well like there's all people that shop for vinyl for different reasons but uh the interesting i like i've shopped for like trying to find samples and stuff like that uh but then occasionally you come across like some weird obscure like rock album from some solo artist in the 70s and he's like got you know denim everything like denim jacket <laughs> he's got his acoustic guitar standing next <clears> to him he's yeah. on a brick wall somewhere in brooklyn or whatever class you know? <laughs> and you're just like who the fuck is this guy what where i don't know any of these they're all original songs but you know these people get lost in history and yeah it's like i mean to be fair that can't remember the name i'm talking about something specific i found and there was naturally nothing memorable sounding about yeah his music but it was a like a 70s rock vibe still mm-hmm. you know um well there's a lot yeah. of good music from back in these like decades eras of music 60s 70s 80s and we, yeah. people remember like oh i love the 80s like right. i wish i lived in that time like that music yeah. was so cool so good yeah. but the cream rises to the top and yeah. we we know the good stuff now yeah yeah there was a ton of bad stuff in the 80s oh yeah yeah bad stuff in the 70s there's bad stuff all the time so i used to not like i was born in the 80s but i used to not like 80s music for the longest time because to me like the drum sound it like it went from like like organic sounding drums to sounding like a drum machine yeah like every song had this snare drum layered and reverb yeah and and like I used to not like that. I think I've been beaten over the head now with too much like eighties revival music that I'm like, okay, fine, I like it. Put Revo on fine. my snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Cause there's some bands like Duran Duran and all that. I was like, why are they a Spandau ballet? I'm like, how are they a band? Their drums sound like they came off a Casio keyboard. Yeah. But no, they are real real drums that were recorded apparently. Didn't know that back then, but I do know. It's it's harder, getting harder and harder to tell <laughs> as time goes on. Well, that was the interesting thing about Jamie XX as well. I was listening to that a little bit in this intro track. How he does, you know, um, electronic beats, but he's he's trying to make some of those sounds sound organic. I think you know, right? Um, I think he pulls it off really well. He does. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. a it's got its own kind of vibe, its own kind of distinct sound that sounds organic. Yeah, but there's something layered in there that's electronic. Yeah, and it gives it this really cool kind of dualistic dynamic yeah. thing yeah 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 which is like 
obviously like he's really into the details it sounds like he spends a lot of time to like create something that in the end sounds kind of simple but like that track's just basically like boom you know but that has got like three other four other sounds laid yeah that are all affected in different ways very simple drum beat but it it sounds interesting and textured when you listen to it yeah yeah. which makes you want to listen to it more yeah i think that's really impressive yeah that he's able to do that that's no. that's one of the cool things about this band. It's inspiring, yeah, because I think like a lot of people that make because everyone's making music on their computer, but not a lot of people spend the time to like work on the sounds, like mm-hmm. or make it sound organic. You know, a lot of people like and it's different. I guess depends what you're doing. Some people will slap like eight oh eight beats over it and write a beat and then leave it as as is. Other people will like do that, but then like go in and layer like different sounds within that and just work on the sounds you know the because if you've got a drum beat or whatever or a groove cool but you can really go into detail with making that sound different different you know unique like, yeah unique kind of thing um which i feel like a not not a lot of people are doing the good artists are i think the artists we're talking about on the show do that stuff yeah like like unknown mortal orchestra is someone that comes to mind that that's good yeah writing music by himself but really thinking about that the sound the you know the organicness and stuff like mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's yeah, making yeah. really great stuff right now yeah yeah unknown yeah. unknown mortal orchestra go check him out yeah yeah or check out our episode on him yes do that um maybe i'm gonna do that right now too because i am done with the <laughs> xx i'm done i'm done over my grooves out yeah uh and you got anything else no, I think I said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> right on. Yeah, me too. We got an outro track, right? Uh, Nighttime. Okay. Uh, it's the only one we haven't played. It's also uh, the track that, yeah, Jamie XX did to That's the one. show. Yeah. That's the perfect produce, one to end on. Yeah, I think we went, didn't plan it this way, but we're ending up this way. And I think it's a good way. We're just getting good at this. Yeah, exactly. Thank you guys for being here. If you guys got any cool uh, facts about the XX, we'd love to know them. Hit us up. You could, uh, I mean, yeah, hit us up. Just say what's up. If you want to say hi. We want to say hi. We got the email, Jay. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com, S I G N L radio.com. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com. <laughs>